back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where I bring on two guests to read a book suggested by one of the guests. This week, I am joined by Melina De Silva and Carson Long of Book Club Soda at KSU Lifestyle. Uh, so this week, we read Once and for All by Sarah Dessen, uh, as suggested by Melina. And thanks to you, I have been seeing Newsies for about a month now, um, which I... Yeah, <laughs> I saw you were watching it the other day. I was like, good. I hope she understands yes. why I've been singing it. The first four um, minutes, I was like crying. I was like, yes. Have you seen the 90s movie? No, I have okay. not. You need to find that. Okay, it's, I it's will. It's a longer version. It's a little different, but most of the music's the same. Sweet. So, And then it's um, Christian Bale. So. Really? Wow. Yes. I didn't know he sang. It's, yeah, it's Christian that. Bale. Actually, if you watch, it's a lot of people that you're like, I know him but I can't remember what from, uh, mm. but he plays, uh, Jack. I can't think of Jack's last name. Uh, but anyways, um, Melina, why did you pick this book? I am a huge fan of Sarah Dessen. Um, <laughs> and basically like the summer love story in general. Uh, okay. I'm a sucker for that. Um, but she's like one of my favorite authors. So when she came out with a new book, I was like, yes, Definitely a no-brainer in that uh, department. A quick summary of the book. Luna, the daughter of the famed wedding planner Natalie Barrett, has seen every sort of wedding on the beach at historic mansions in fancy hotels and clubs. Perhaps that's why she's cynical about happily ever after endings, especially since her own first love ended tragically. When Luna meets charming, happy-go-lucky serial dater Ambrose, she holds him at arm's length. But Ambrose isn't about to get discouraged now that he's met the girl that he really wants. That really hurts, for the record, (laughs) to talk about. Uh, Carson. Yes. Is this your normal type of book? This was actually out (laughs) of my my standard selection. Um, I Now, I am a... A fan of like the traditional love story. Last okay. we were actually talking on Book Club Soda about Princess Bride, and that's one of my favorite movies oh, of all time. Great movie it's choice. It's got so much character, and it's got lots of romance in there, uh, and I think it does it really well. But typically, my books, my book choices tend to <laughs> stay between science fiction, fantasy. Uh, I like horror stories, like Stephen King, and. Uh, so I'm usually in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really uh, read too much out of the uh, the teen romance. And that's why I uh, told him to read it because I wanted him to suffer. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm open to it. You know, I'm open to to giving anything a try. I will say that, and we'll talk about this more uh, as this podcast podcast goes on. That I was very cynical at the beginning, and actually through a lot of this book because I was started to see some tropes that I've seen in other things. <laughs> And then Ambrose's freaking curl is mentioned like 57 <laughs> times through the book. Ambrose's perfect curl. His, his, he brushed his curl away. I couldn't stop staring at his curl. Oh, my God. It's like Edward and his glowing skin. God, oh, God. That, yeah. I rolled my eyes every time I read about his freaking curl. You know, I'm not going to lie. The first time I read Twilight, I think I actually liked it more than this book. I'm, I'm going to have to say that. But, uh. I, I have a problem with manic, pic, manic pixie dream girls, and Ambrose was very much to me the male version of that. And throw in what happened with her first love, and it was just really hard for me to like this book um, because yeah. of those two things. Even though Sarah Dustin's been suggested to me probably my entire life, 
Let's take it. Let's take it chronologically. We'll start from the <laughs> beginning because there's a lot of things we need to mention because there are good parts of this book and there are parts that are a little harder to digest for the cynical readers. Well, before we really Very get much. into it, I just want to point out that this is unlike any of her other books. Um, cause yeah, I've, how so? Yeah, I've had a few of her uh, fans go, "Please don't let this be the only one you ever read because it's definitely yeah. not." Oh, I would like true... to hear. Yeah, I would like to hear the differences between this book and some of her other books. What's the What's the traditional Sarah Dessen book like? Well, there's not as much death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know that's the reason why I like her over Nicholas Sparks because Nicholas Sparks, everyone always <laughs> dies. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm true. like, bro, like. Bro. You say that to Nicholas? Yeah. Mr. Sparks? Yeah. Whenever I see him, you know, call him up. Hey, bro. Um, come on, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it was, like, it's, that's how it's unlike mm-hmm. any other of her other books. Because all, all, all of her other books are, like, happy-go-lucky. Uh, like, What is a other Sarah Dessen book that you would suggest that people check out uh, to better represent her? Ooh, I don't know. That Summer, uh, Along for the Ride is amazing. That's one that's been suggested. Just Listen is the other yes. one on my list. Just Listen, too. Uh, uh, that I've had a lot good. of people suggest. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's really, I mean, if you go into any bookstore, she is the pastel color YA mm-hmm. contemporary love section. And I don't know if it's my own cynical heart, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't dip into that genre. I mean, YA is pretty much where I live, but... Mm-hmm not the contemporary love stories. So yeah, I don't I'll give know. her another shot. I, uh, for some reason, my heart's just uh, attracted to that like, kind of love romantic. story, you know? I don't know. Like, I used to love Twilight. You, know? you used to? Come on. Mm, okay, well. Well, you eventually get you out know. of it you or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, start yeah. dating and realizing uh, that Edward might not be the best thing. Although I was listening to The Nerdist with Rob Patterson yesterday. Pattinson? I don't even know what Pat- his name Pattinson, is. Yeah. Pattinson. Um, How dare you mispronounce his name? I know. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, I've heard him say that he does, he's not a fan of the series. He's not. He probably hates Twilight. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, he spoke. He didn't speak badly of it, which I appreciate mm-hmm. because, you know, that they both owe a lot of their fame to that. But Exactly. But, yeah, he's very down to earth, which is, is nice. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's what got me into reading, so. You know, that, that one series you always look back to. Um, yeah. that, that is why I never really harp on any any trend-setting series. Like, Twilight <laughs> was a very much a trendsetter mm-hmm. for the next couple of years to come. And it's really easy for someone who's not in that target audience to kind of look down on that sort of book. On Twilight, uh, I think The Hunger Games and that sort of post-apocalyptic kids versus the adults... Oh, was another big trend. Mm-hmm. I think dystopians, yes. Yeah, uh, aka Ender's Game. But anyway, we'll get we, into we'll that. We'll talk about that. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll talk about that next um, episode. <laughs> so there's been all these trends, and it's easy to look down on it. But with each one of these trends, yeah. it introduces this whole new audience to reading, and I totally support that because that's Ender's Game exactly. is the book that got me into reading. Yeah. Um, I wrote five papers on Hunger Games. Did I was, you really? Uh, I did. I was a senior in college when the third one came out, I believe, um, and took was taking my theory class. And you can actually apply a lot of theory to it. So Hunger Games, despite the uh, cynical views of it nowadays, still holds a very special place in my heart. I yeah. think it's uh, I think it's a very well done book. We actually, I'm a fan <laughs> of Hunger Games. We actually did a podcast on each one of the books, so I'll, I'll oh, really? send them over to you. Yeah. 
please do. I would love to hear that. Yes, because I I'm a huge fan, a huge good. huge fan. We of we the covered games. yeah we covered all of them. Um, we I think we made some good points about why uh, the Hunger Games was good, and then some also some points that were kind of like unnecessary to put in the book. Two words: Jennifer Lawrence. Is that? <laughs> oh, I have a lot of feelings on Jennifer Lawrence these days. <laughs> oh, Jen. J-Law. Oh, Jen. Oh, Jayla. <laughs> um, so going back to these books, these books are, you know, I guess kind of a long-term genre that, that has existed. I mean, I think Sarah Dustin's been writing since the 90s. Mm-hmm. I think so. I have probably longer than that, but published. Quite possibly, yes. Yeah, I looked um, up I looked up her other books because I wanted to see what are some other types of books she was writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think... I think this book this book came out this year, correct? Yes. Yeah, it literally just came out this summer. And then she had another book come out last year, but then it was like a, it, it was quite a, a couple before, years. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was back to the 1990s she, when she started. She was talking, there's a couple blog posts about how she was having trouble coming up with ideas and that she might be actually done with YA before I think she put out what the Saint Anything. Um, <laughs> oh, Saint just, Anything was awesome too. That's what I've heard. I've heard, uh, I, I looked at a bunch of reviews actually before this to see if it was just me or um, kind of the consensus. And it, it's about, I mean, the reviews are, are still mostly five stars on Goodreads, but mm-hmm. you can see a lot of Destin readers saying like, this one kind of jumped ship a little bit. Yeah, I, um, I would agree with comparing that. Comparing it to old ones. Um, honestly, I watched the Hallmark Channel, especially like, <laughs> mid-november to january like their christmas season that's pretty much the only thing on my tv so this is not me hating on a love story like my actual entire problem comes with the first boyfriend i probably would have hated or not hated it i probably would have enjoyed the book had the entire backstory been taken out yes i would 100 um, percent agree with that yeah uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about it but ethan was um not a very relatable character. Like it was. No. But we'll, we'll talk more about it. But also the very end, <laughs> I, I did not enjoy the very end. Oh, it was, I agree. The end. Okay, I, I I will say this about the end. You warned me about the ending when you suggested this book to me. Um. You said about oh, we'll the, talk with, about the part with the band, right? The part with the band. Yeah. I'm talking about the part with the car. Oh. The, uh, oh okay. What band are you talking about? <laughs> did you not read the epilogue, Carson? Oh God, no. There's, an an There's a bonus chapter. Bonus <laughs> Mine didn't have that. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, basically, it's like this little chapter where, uh, at well, I guess it is at the wedding where the band is supposed to go on stage. No? I, the... Oh, I guess there is the epilogue with his sister's wedding. Sorry. There yes. is the yeah. point where his in every book, wedding. everybody fights, you know, in the true love story everybody fights and then they get together. Yeah. And yes, I forgot there was a part after yeah, they actually get together. Yeah, there's sister's wedding um, where the band was supposed to go on stage and they were being divas and they wouldn't mm-hmm. play. Um, All I remember is he asked for her hand and this time she said yes. And I was... I think I did read that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did. I remember reading the, the first few pages of that bonus scene and just being like, I feel like this isn't going to like tie up <laughs> no. the story or anything. So It's, it's kind of like a, a little... Uh, a little uh, nod at the Sarah Dustin fans because this uh, a huge thing like a running joke is hate spinnerbait. Wait, what? Hate spinnerbait. It's like the band's name is spinnerbait. 
spinner bait. Yes, and they're huge the divas. Same. So every time someone mentions spinner bait in a Sarah Dessen book, it, it's always accompanied by hate spinner bait. Wait, so is is spinner bait as a band like a reoccurring character? Yeah, oh, all the Dessen yeah, books. Yeah, the, uh, okay, Desen I do like that. that. Then that's, that's pretty cool. funny. Yeah, um, I like a nod to the fans. Yeah, and uh, like a lot of her books have like characters from like other books and like stores that are mentioned in this book. Uh, you know, oh, so, that's good. That's yeah, pretty funny. So it's that's it's good. pretty cool. Yeah, I can respect that. So hate I did bait. not. Yeah, <laughs> I did not read that. I might, I can't even remember if I read that last bonus scene. Just because I had finished the book, I I read this whole book in about about three or four sittings. Yeah, and, it's really uh, not a tough read. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well. No, that's that's in my mind. Okay, sorry. So some of the books we've read for this podcast have taken me the entire two weeks to read, and oh, I have read yeah. up into the point where uh, where I'm reading as we're hitting record. Um, <laughs> Dang. Messed <laughs> um, up. <laughs> now this one I might give it I might give it a tough time but it wasn't it wasn't a tough book to read um no. Sarah doesn't Dessen does have a good writing style it is easy to just keep turning the page I will give her that she's uh she's a very talented writer yeah I think this is a good one for a last kind of summer read exactly. wrap up because after this episode it will be some point that week after it will be turning fall so this is a mm-hmm. good Ending points, I guess. Yes, it's the kind of um, book you read on the beach. Exactly, it is. Which is what she did, right? Which is exactly what I did. Because oh, my bookmark nice. I was using came in with my book, and it was a tag from a sun hat that you had bought. Oh, did it really? <laughs> yeah. So that's what <laughs> I used. Didn't... I opened up the book, and this little tag fell out, and it was like, banana boat, sun hat. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Also, you gave the book to me with the the dust cover upside down and backwards, <laughs> which I never oh. fixed until just this moment. Oh, that's amazing! My bad. And it was very frustrating. I could have just fixed it. I just it take been it super off, simple. okay? I, I like them to be perfect, so I, I just didn't, take it off. I didn't fix it out of principle because I was just like, "How dare you!" <laughs> so I'm not even going to fix it for you. <laughs> I'm um, not sorry. <laughs> which beach were you at? Um, what beach was I at? Good Lord, how many did you go to this summer? Um, it was, oh my God. It was St. Petersburg. Saint, oh, very nice. Russia? I like St. Pete. No, not <laughs> in Russia. This guy. It's uh, what, down near Tampa? Yes, yes, right next to Tampa. There used to be a, a marching band regional down there. That's the only reason I know St. Pete. Hey, I oh, have God. respect for marching band. Nerds. <laughs> Look, they, they work hard, okay? I'm just kidding. I know you guys can gang up on me. I don't want to. I don't want to. I was about part to say, look, I can tell you some great <laughs> horror stories. I'm, I'm a that... chorus nerd myself, so I have respect band for my kids. Band there kids aren't go. nerds. I was in the band. Um, my 13 year old siblings still call me a nerd, so I own it. Hey, I am a proud <laughs> nerd. Yeah, you can still be a nerd and not. You can. You don't have to be in the band currently to be considered a nerd. We're doing a book. <laughs> oh, uh, we're doing yeah. a book podcast. <laughs> Come on. This is true. This is true. I. Yes. Um, so, all right, let's dive a little bit more into this book. Um, do I don't know where you guys want to start necessarily. Um, we can start with our main characters. I mean, I, I yeah. honestly, I want to talk let's... about if, how do you guys feel about one? Are these characters relatable? Are they real? Like, do you think they are the kinds of people you're going to run into <laughs> out in the, the, the day-to-day world? And I want to talk specifically about Ambrose and his curl? No, <laughs> oh, don't get me started on this dude's curl. 
I want to talk about this trope I see in all kinds of these sort of books uh, and, and media, which is the really reserved girl, our main character, has a friend who is like the crazy party animal. Cause I see. Look, we all have that, okay? I have that. You have that? Yes, I have that. 100%. <laughs> Megan, do you have that? Um, I do. I actually really loved her best friend, Jilly, for many reasons. I found Jilly to be the most believable character, um, mostly because I came from a family that size and I have sisters that are that way. So uh, I liked I liked Jilly. I just, I um, see it like Nerve. I recently watched Nerve. Uh, have I you watched guys seen Nerve. that movie? I have not. I have either. not been able to read the book yet, but I have watched Nerve multiple times. It's a very easy a, movie to put yeah, on that was, that was and like do stuff good in movie. the background. Um, um, but Nerve has that same that same sort of setup too. This quiet, reserved girl. Her best friend <laughs> is this crazy party animal who is like doing all these wild things and trying to get her to go out and do them with her. <laughs> but I see yeah. it. I see it in all kinds of things. And uh, I I wanted to ask you guys: is that is that really how it is out in the girl world? Look, well, I like I said, I, my best friend is crazy, way crazier than me. I'm very much reserved, and she's very much unreserved. Does she try to get you to come out to parties? Uh, or does she respect your reservedness? She respects my <laughs> reservedness. Do you think she's going to try to get you out to go see the world? Probably. I don't know. Would but you I'm do not it? Going. No. Why not? Because I have morals uh, and principles. You are a classic. <laughs> you're a classic chapter one Luna. Look, oh, I gosh. would. <laughs> you're a classic chapter one. No, nah, I'm an Ambrose. <laughs> give me some credit. I'll um, give myself a curl. Look, I would much rather have a chill night at home with friends than go out and party. Wow, that sounds like a, a Luna thing to say. <laughs> like you're just you just reaffirming the point. All right, whatever. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Luna's the main character. <laughs> so we we liked Jilly. Um, yeah, I mean, my best friends now are both very reserved people. Um, I was actually talking to my male best friend about his uh, college days and how party he was. Uh, he denies it, but uh, he has plenty of drunken stories and. Uh, tried to drag me out a few times mm-hmm. but uh nowadays no i don't know I, i'm a little bit older than you guys my friends are very quiet until <laughs> we've had our time <laughs> um but what about your best friends i mean take I, a look at your own yeah you me? said in the yeah, girl world yeah. I yeah. Bounce. what's it like in the boy world I, like, well, are boys just like just sit around and say bro the whole day mm, i mean my girl best friend yeah. i'm the more extroverted one so. I, I bounce between the two. The there are times when I'm dragging my friends out to do things, but there's also plenty of times when they're like, hey, come out to the bar with us. I'm like, nah, I'd rather just like watch Netflix at home, which I think is the normal thing to bounce between. I think people definitely go through these like phases of like, oh, you know, I really want to go out and meet people. And then phases where it's just like, uh, you know, I've had a long right. day. I'll just chill out at home. So I, I kind of go between the two. I would say if you asked my friends, they would say I'm more of the reserved type. But if you ask people who I am, like, not super close friends with, everyone would think I'm that guy that's going out every night. <laughs> like, Melina, I've known you for a long time. You probably, what, what do you think? What do you think about me? I think that Well, that's you're... a broad question. What do you think about <laughs> my introvertedness versus extrovertedness? I don't want to get blasted. I, I think when it comes down to it, you would much rather stay at home and play your guitar around mm-hmm. some friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you would be totally cool with that. And, hey, me too. I'm... I would love to sit around and play music. I don't even, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, I remember there was one point we had on, do you remember that retreat we had for mm-hmm. Supermedia? And we split, everyone stood up and we were doing this thing where 
the the people who were hosting this uh, retreat said, all right, everyone who would enjoy going out to a party and meeting a bunch of people go to this side of the room, and everyone who would rather stay at home go to this side of the room. And we split up, and there was only a few people that went to the ex- like the very extroverted side. Yeah. But they made a point where they said, who here would have expected Carson to – to not go to the extroverted side and a lot of people raise their hands i was like what, what does that mean <laughs> you're a fake extrovert I'm, uh, I'm an extrovert when i'm in the situation it's, it's like going to the gym if i'm at a party i'm gonna have yes. a good time if i'm yes. at the gym i'm gonna work out and have a good time but getting there is the what takes convincing to get mm. to somewhere but once i get there i'm fine so i'll probably okay. be there the entire night okay. but but yeah i'm the same kind of way luna um, in this book I thought Luna was pretty a pretty good character. Uh, um, I you know, I was rolling my eyes at some things um, at the beginning. Again, this okay. I, I should preface this with saying that I don't go to a lot of weddings. So okay. So I think in my life I've been to like two weddings. Uh, probably around the same. Yeah. So this yeah, probably was been about five. So yeah, this Not was kind of a there was a little disconnect for me. The, I went to a wedding a few years ago, and then I went to a wedding when I was, like, seven. So <laughs> it's been – I haven't seen this world. So for me, this was kind of like I understand how weddings work, but also uh, I don't know if this is really how it is. Is this how people are acting at weddings? So What, what about you? Um, what do you think of Luna? Uh, so I didn't have a problem with Luna up until um, kind of towards – when the backstory got really developed and uh, probably the last few chapters, it seemed to be set that she was going to kind of grow as a character. Like she's very anxious um, and reserve is a good word, but she never gets over that or like has a point of accepting that that's just kind of who she's going to be. What drove and me crazy was that, that bothered me. she never seemed like she was going to get over it. And then she gets over it in like four pages. Yeah. At the very end. Can I go ahead and mention, like, just talk a little bit about yeah, the end? Yeah, go ahead. Because it's driving me crazy. Go ahead. We, uh, there is only one boy, only one book that we have refused to spoil. Uh, this is not going to be that. Okay. Go so, ahead. Because uh, I really want to talk about the backstory and why it made me so angry. Okay, well. So, then spoiler, do you, do you spoiler wanna, alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yes. Would you like to talk about the backstory with Ethan before talking about the ending? Because you seem I like you so. have some pent-up rage. Uh, I, well, I think that... <laughs> that her reaction at the end is kind of pivotal based on her, her backstory. Um, this book made me think a lot about my first love. Do you guys remember your first love? God, it's much <laughs> yeah. younger than I am. Zach so Efron. I would hope so. Stop. That guy. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I remember my first love and I see my friends go through a lot of the same first love where you don't have anything to compare your first love to. So everyone thinks, oh, you know, I'm so lucky. I found the one. With their first love. Well, I'm not, I don't want to do like sweeping generalizations, but I see that a lot in guys. Yeah. Was that, and a lot of girls, that that first love you have, it tends to happen in high school or early college where it's a whole new experience to you and you're just like, I am just, I'm, just, I'm the luckiest person in the world. I found the person I'm going to marry so young. And then when you break up, it's like devastating, you know? And then you go to date on someone else. And then it's like, oh, well, I didn't have the scope to see if it could be better or worse. <laughs> and now I understand. Um, so have you ever done long distance, either of you? I have. Uh, my, my first girlfriend was long distance. Define long distance for you. Um, 
from here, my my first girlfriend lived in Louisiana. Okay, so, so yeah, was, there was, was actual like five hundred miles away. Yeah, because what our main characters are in Jersey and what, are they like Virginia two hours away Beach or something? Um, yeah, I mean it's what? long enough that you can't go on a weekend kind of thing. Well, Ethan, Ethan was from long from New Jersey, right? Um, but and Luna and Ambrose are only like two hours away. Yeah, I'm not worried about Ambrose. I'm talking about Ethan. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not. You just summed up like uh, most of my experience with this book. I'm not worried about Andrew, Ambrose. Yeah. Um, well, um, of course she's going to get with Ambrose. It wouldn't be a love story if she does. Uh, um, um, yeah. So like, so, oh. yeah, from New Jersey to like, I'd say South Carolina. Maybe. Something I'm like not, that. Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't 100% clear where they were even at. South yeah. Carolina. Okay. So yeah, yeah it's, like it's long enough that. You can't go for a weekend. you got to actually plan a trip. They've yeah. met one time, and in that one time, they both end up losing their virginity and saying, I love you. And, like, I've always been a person who's in love with love. I'm very, like, I, I own up to the fact that I am a very intense person, and I've done long distance. My last relationship was long distance. Um, it is a pain in the ass. And so, like, but we talk every day. Like, it was kind of a constant stream of talking, so I kind of get mm-hmm. the like not really seeing someone that often and falling in love, but at the same time, like I can't decide if this is me approaching thirty, going, dude, you cannot fall in love in less than six hours. It's just not possible. <laughs> that was that was a big thing or, for me too when yeah. I was reading about this one epic night, as they define yes. it multiple times in this book, epic, which was this guy, this cute, oh, sorry, this cute guy. Asking Luna to dance. Mysterious. No, 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 no. Not even mysterious. (laughs) Just a cute guy who asks her to dance and she says, I'm sorry, I'm working. And then later she walks past him at the beach and they start talking. Next thing you know, they've walked like miles down the beach. They go to a coffee shop. They get some coffee and some (laughs) pie. And he like smushes the pie in her face a little bit. And he kind of does, you know, it's so cute. And then they have sex. And then they. On the beach. On the beach. On the beach. Which is. Totally unsanitary. Such a bad idea. Such a bad idea. <laughs> totally I mean, unsanitary. And if you you just went to the beach, aren't there like what is it? People? Sand flies and yes, yeah, sand fleas. Sand fleas. <laughs> well, well, let's not get into the logistics of of that act. Uh, just so they do that, and they're talking, and they've hung out for like six hours, and now the sun's coming up, and uh, Ethan has to go, so they go back. And they, they have breakfast. Don't forget about the world of waffles. Oh, oh, they God, do have yeah. breakfast. Which doesn't was that ruin pancakes for her or ruins waffles for yeah, Luna in the future? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the ba- the start of this relationship is a six hour long night where they is essentially go through like the first month and a half of a relationship in that short crunch down time, and then he goes back home and he's like, "I'm gonna call you on the drive back home because I just I I want to see I want to <laughs> talk to you." So he does. And then they continue this up for a few months, I think. Do you remember exactly how long it was? I have no idea how long. Um, it, it was something like... It was like July to September or something. It was yeah. not very long. Yeah, I want to say it was like three or four months. Yeah, something like that. Which is, in, in my opinion, that's still in the stage where you're finding out new things about this person. Oh, yeah, you're it's the honeymoon. You're giddy with excitement. And then... Would you like to talk about the the tragic event that happens? Well, I I do have a question. I mean, like, I just want to preface and say really quick, like, I've done beach trips. I've done, like, the where you meet a guy at the beach and you're like, oh, this is wonderful. Like, summer flings are a thing. But 
this went past a step past a summer fling for me. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just not the person who says I love you that easily, but this, she was 16. Like, yeah. everything about this just to me wanted to be like, you are not cynical. You need therapy. Like, well, think about it. She comes from a world of like, love is fake beaten down on her so like when she feel when she feels yeah. it for the first time i think she like do- drove head first or dove drove dove drove yeah i, I like drove head first better yeah. <laughs> i mean the I saying know. is dove head first but okay. i like drove yeah so i think she like when she fell in love she fell in love mm-hmm. you know yeah. so like she felt it and i've personally never been in love um I'm sorry, just a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, maybe it'll happen one day. Maybe I'll just be an old cat lady, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> you would make a quality cat lady. <laughs> wow, thank you. No, that's a good I thing. I'm saying if you were, thank if you, you. end up as a cat lady, you would be the best cat lady. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I, I had friends that bounced from boyfriend to boyfriend and then got married and never were alone, so in, embrace it. Just, okay. yeah, you know, find trying. yourself. <laughs> I feel very old right now. I'm gonna stop. Why? Because <laughs> that's, that's a very old. old thing. Megan, how old are you? I am 29. I'll be 30 that soon. That is are not you, old. Are you gonna edit that out? Be honest. No, no. I am <laughs> to the fact that I will be 30 soon. Uh, I'm actually very much looking forward to it. I I know so many people that get married so young. Like, are you 22? I'm 22. Yeah. Okay. You're are fine. You 23. Oh wait, that's wrong. You're fine. Stop. <laughs> Look, you're gonna be fine. Look what you made me do. <laughs> yeah. Um, look. Did you what just you just made me Taylor do. Swift? Yes, oh, we God. both did. So it's fine. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we do. If you hang around <laughs> me and Carson long enough, we'll quote song lyrics all day. And I'll go on stream and okay, say that. that Taylor Swift's new song. Well, I guess it's not the newest song anymore. Look what you no, made me do is not a good song. It is me. not a good song. And Listen to it again. I have. No. I listened to it multiple times and it's never grown on me. Because you know what it says? It says, "Look, look what you made me do." Too sexy for my shirt. <laughs> so sexy it hurt. Yeah. Oh, now I'm never going to hear unhear that. They, um, they, those guys who wrote the "Too sexy for my shirt" song are s- credited in the songwriting. Yeah. So they're making money from her song because she she just took that same. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Off. Track. I was okay yeah. with the song, and then I heard her second new one and realized that this is an actual like album theme, and I'm not okay with it. Yeah. I have not heard her newest song yet. Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed yeah. at uh, the direction T. Swizzle's going, but, you know. All right, but back to Ethan. Yes. Back to Ethan. Um, okay, um, yes. So, so this Ethan... this backstory of Ethan's is told over literally the entire book. Oh, you yes. get slight little chunks of it at a time. Yeah. You get Which... one segment where he asks her to dance. And then yes. a few chapters later, you get one little section where she gets off work early and walks past him and they start talking. And towards the middle of the book, you realize what happened. Well, it was, it's actually pretty early that you kind of yeah. realize what happens. It's like, Hey, there's on TV, there is a school shooting. Yes. And then everyone like purposely tries to make Luna not see it or oh, really yeah, makes yeah. a point yeah. not to mention it. And that's and, where I got confused though. I was like, okay, why is she having this kind of reaction? Well, I, well, I, see, I made went, the you first said assumption tragic. I did. Yeah. Huh? Say I went, cause the summary said tragic. And I was going, are you kidding me? This isn't, like, a fucking really bad breakup. This is, like, the dude died in, like, a tragic way. And then you yeah. have to spend the entire book waiting for the school shooting to happen. Yeah. And, like... I, yeah, I was... At some point, I was like, all right, all right, come on. Like, I was like, give it to me. I'm ready. I've been ready for 60 pages. Exactly, now, yeah. It's, you know, I want to say... 
I want to say like, oh, that's such a like it's kind of unbelievable. But in reality, that does happen to some people. And it is a super tragic thing, which I was actually able to give it kind of a pass because I was thinking, you know, there are people out there who have had someone they really care about go through something like this and they've never seen that person again. And that is super tragic. It is. I just don't like the way the book handles it. I can agree with that. I don't like how I, the last book I read with the school shooting was Jody Picoult's book. And that was nearly 10 years ago. Um, And then I realized I had way too many siblings and friends that are teachers. So I can't do school shootings because then I call everybody and I'm like, your school knows how to deal with school shootings, right? Like, <laughs> double check. I mean, like, I remember getting put in lockdown in high school. Like, these, this is a real thing mm. that teens have to worry about. I mean, you have to worry about it basically anytime you're in a school. So it's kind of glossed over in a very... Nonchalant way. Yes. Like, it's not treated with the respect that it should be. The fact that she never, ever meets his family or anything like that, like... And she doesn't go up to the funeral. Exactly. Like, the amount that she has taken to be cynical and how much this has hurt her and that she does literally almost nothing to kind of get any kind of closure. um, Yeah, that that kind of bothered bothered me, too. Yeah, like... I don't know. I've never lost someone that tragically, so I have no idea what it does to your psyche, but the only thing that gets ruined or it can't be the only thing that gets ruined is that you know you're suddenly cynical about love because you might lose someone in a school shooting that's just you know if she had dealt with it and like i don't know there there is a way that you could have gotten from point a which is school shooting to point c which is cynical love with some kind of bridge Mm -hmm. that just wasn't there for me um yeah it's just glossed over too quickly do you think that having this book be longer would have helped you with that? No, I think if she had, because so she never discusses it with Ambrose. She never talks about it at all. So like Ambrose just assumes what I did when I went into the book is that it was just a really shitty breakup. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that you could have kept the length and not... It just could have been handled better. Ambrose, I mean, in my opinion, Ambrose as a character uh, was a little a little cliche, but also still fun read. You know, he was still a character that you were rooting for, that he might be, like, at the beginning, he was this very, like, oh, I know I'm swooning all the ladies. Uh, <laughs> look at me. I'm real goofy. Oh, the tape that me- curl, though. I, I broke that, that tape curl. measure. Now I got to pick up all the tape. Oh, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> I'm a girl. And then, <laughs> but like it, he actually had this character change and it really, it wasn't anything drastic. It was him being goofy and then him being less goofy. Yeah. That was his care, his character. I mean, and at the end he wanted to be with Luna, but everyone saw that coming. That wasn't like a, Oh, look at the surprise ending. I don't think it happened at the end. I think he wanted her all along. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like oh, it okay. was, it was something that was that clearly like, that was where the book was headed. Yeah. Now, the biggest problem I had with this book, the the one the the one thing that really stands out above everything else, was so Ambrose finally hears about uh, how Ethan passed away and the effect that it had on Luna, and he goes to her and he says, 
I'm so sorry if I would have known. I would have handled things differently. I think I know what you're about and to say, she, but yes. But it's, it, this is a process. So she, <laughs> she's like, oh, no. Nah, this is weird now. Now we've addressed it. I really don't want to be around Ambrose. So she leaves and starts dating this guy named Ben that night. That night she she's headed home. And this Ben guy who's been trying to date her for 20 pages uh, <laughs> sees her and pulls up behind her car while they're at like a red light and texts her. And is like, hey, let's go get pancakes. And well, because we've been trying to set something up. And she was like, and, and it says in the book, she would have said she was typing out her response to no. And then realized that he was literally the car behind her and was like, ah, no excuse. I guess we'll go. And then like reluctantly starts dating this guy. Just just to date. Yeah, and you, she didn't yeah. like him. Yeah. Now, here's the problem I have <laughs> is literally in, in, the, in the, the very end of the book, she's with Ben. It's her birthday. Ambrose comes by to drop off a cake because they forgot a cake or William dropped a cake or something. Ambrose comes by before Ben gets there, drops the cake off, and it's got like a little message for her in there that only they've they know it's about – making a wish when you blow out candles and he leaves. Oh god, that's right. Mm-hmm. Ben, about that. ben comes walking up. He's like, hey, I'm a good boyfriend. I got like gifts. I got uh, blooms. I got flowers. He got her a tennis racket, which like is which, not a cheap gift. It's not. Like, and it, But it's something like from a guy's perspective, I would get a girl that because I was like, hey, this is something we can do together. This oh, is something like I really like. I want I you to be a part of it. And now for a so, tennis racket, for a tennis racket, <laughs> hell yes! I, but I also played for ten years. So, so oh, okay. So Ben's a good boyfriend. Ben yes. seems like a caring guy. He's taking all these pictures and putting them up on their youme.com page, which is their <laughs> substitute for MySpace, Facebook, whatever, or Instagram. It's kind of Facebook. All... No one uses MySpace anymore. Well, no, no one does. <laughs> no okay, one. I was going to so, say, well, no one without. Banned, but maybe well, even that's. Not <laughs> let me, thing. let me. All right, I've been leading up to this. So, <laughs> oh, Ben. After all that, you still haven't. Yeah, wait. Well, here's. I'm. I'm doing it right now. Ben comes by. He's sorry, I'm late. Some guy chased a dog out into the road and got hit by a car. Oh. And yes, she's I like, she goes, Oh no! Did you see who it was? He goes, Nah, I just drove by. And so she freaking takes off and running, sprinting down the street. Like she didn't hesitate yeah. at all. She ran. And she's thinking. She she and everyone who's reading things is like, oh, my God, Ambrose got hit by a car. I'm rolling my eyes because I'm like, Ambrose is just going to die. So she runs. <laughs> she fights her way past the cops and first responders and sees a body on the ground with a blanket laid across it. And and don't forget Ambrose's dog's scarf. Yeah. Yes, so the dog is barking. Yeah. So she sees all of this. And she falls to the ground, heartbroken and crying. She can't believe Ambrose passed away without her saying anything. And then someone taps her on the shoulder, and she looks up, and it's freaking Ambrose. And then she (laughs) realizes her love. Now, here's what blows my mind. There is a freaking dead body right (laughs) next to her the whole time this is happening. And she throws her arms around Ambrose. There's a dead body covered in a blanket right next to her. And they're so they're so happy. She's so happy that Ambrose isn't dead. And they go back to her house. She freaking kicks Ben out. She goes there that night with Ambrose to her birthday party, which they have all these. They have a few guests over, and she just like Ben, you're out of here. Ambrose is coming in, and he's my boyfriend now. After dating for like over a month with yes. this Ben guy, she he. I do think they mentioned that he takes his tennis racket back. 
He so does. that's important. And but calls her terrible things that she totally deserves. She freaking comes back on her birthday, breaks up with Ben at the house that everyone else is at. With the boy she's with Ambrose, up with him for. And he leaves. Yeah. And that's the end of the book. The I end would... of the book stops at the end of that birthday party. They They also didn't show a scene. This is kind of told, if I remember correctly, like, kind of secondhand like so ambrose came back and then we told ben to leave it's not like you actually see it yeah you don't see the action happening you see it like a voiceover at the end of the movie there's a slow pan with them holding hands and a narrator comes in and it's luna and she's like we went back to the house and we (laughs) fell in love and ben left and he was super angry so first off like that would have been the biggest conflict that entire movie would have been that birthday thing because honestly there wasn't so much conflict in fact luna was a very passive character it took ambrose saying like hey let's do this bet and we're gonna i'm gonna have to try to settle down with someone and you're gonna date a bunch of people and that's the that's the main conflict of the story i guess you could say the conflict might be luna's cynicalness yeah but you could say that's the conflict but that's like solely an internal conflict it's like watching someone have an argument with themselves so Which that is pretty was, much this entire book. So. Yeah, so I mean <laughs> I I like I said, I think Sarah Destin's a great writer, but she kind of suffers and you and your fans might hate this. We have a whole episode on John Green. Oh, oh my goodness. God, no. I have I think nope. that John Green is a great writer, but his characters make me roll my eyes Sigh. and his stories <laughs> are unimpressive. He's a great writer, but I don't is like he? his stories. Is He's, he? He is talented yeah. at putting words on a page. I have in an never order actually read mystery. a John Green book. John Green to me is like another Nicholas Sparks and John Green writes things for John Green writes like Tumblr fan fiction. Yeah. That's how it reads. I would suggest reading a couple of his books looking for Alaska. Okay. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Sorry. I'm sitting here shaking my head. No, this is not a fight that anybody's ever won. John Green is on my list of just, it's never going to happen. I I would, I would love if you would give me the opportunity to tell you about one (laughs) moment in particular from paper towns that made me put down the book for over a week. Sure. All right. So early on in paper towns, our main character, some, I don't even remember his name. That's how forgettable he is. Q. Q. No, that's the friend. Quentin's the friend, right? No. Oh, you're is. talking about Mar- Margot Roth. Margot Roth is the girl, and then uh, I think it is Quentin. Quentin. So yeah, main don't character, touch me. our main character Quentin <laughs> has been in love with this girl Margot Roth Spiegelman. Spiegelman. Forever, and they're neighbors. She and, couldn't care less. Yeah, she's the popular I mean, I, girl who's crazy. I vaguely remember this movie coming out. All right. Yeah. Now here's the moment that made me put down the book. He's they're they're running around town pranking some people that have wronged Margot Roth Spiegelman. After she breaks into his house. And then... Uh, Making their way downtown. Stop. <laughs> but here's here's what kills me. He sees her write something down, and she actively doesn't capitalize the first letter of a sentence, but then capitalizes every first letter after that first word. Which is every English major's, like, nightmare. So she... The first word is, is completely lowercase. Is something out? No. Here's what she says. She goes... I don't think the other letter or the other words in a sentence get the attention they deserve. Oh, Jesus Christ. And <laughs> so that's like a character thing that she has is that she's like so pompous and pretentious. And in, in my mind, reading that, I put down the book. I actually took a, like a picture with my phone of where <laughs> she says that. And I sent it to my friend who told me to read this book. I said, no, 
<laughs> I said, no, I'm not going to do this. That It is so tough to read someone who is so pompous. Look, I read I read Paper Towns. I was like, okay, John Green, whatever. Rolls eyes. There are some good moments yeah. in that book, but there is definitely, it reads like, John Green reads like uh, someone on Tumblr writing a story about an argument they had last week, except they've changed it so all the dialogue's super witty from them. And then I read Looking for yeah. Alaska. And then I I've heard n- Looking for Alaska is great. It shows mm-hmm. up on every if you if you look for YA books that are going to last, it shows up on every single one of those yeah. lists. And, and I get that, that. That's when I vowed to never read a John Green book again. <laughs> was after the Alaska book? What was after Looking for Alaska? Malena okay. is very particular about the endings of her books. Yes, she wants the happily ever after. I love oh, happily no. ever after. I hate when books end in like such a horrible way. That See, you don't get a re- like, number one, you don't get a resolution. Number two, you don't get a happy ending. Like mm-hmm. you gotta have a happy ending. Like, How, what's the point of a book? Okay. Why am I investing in these characters? And have you read the Divergent series? No, I refuse. Oh, oh you would because like because it. it's not a happy ending. No, because it's too much like Hunger Games, and I <laughs> refuse. It's actually different enough that when you read Hunger Games and then read Divergent ten years later, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, I'll wait. Later. I'll wait ten years then. Okay. Um, Divergent. The only reason I bring it up is because it's not a happy ending, just an FYI. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. No. Well, Melina, with your your focus on on the endings and how you want that resolution, do you think the ending in this book resolved itself well? Mm -hmm. I see. (laughs) Keep going. You know, I. I. Mm-hmm. Because there was that little epilogue and that little happy, like funny part at the mm-hmm. end, I kind of like glossed over the horrible part of that <laughs> we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of didn't notice how bad it actually was until you <laughs> mentioned it just now. All right, I'm glad I convinced you. Yeah. I hope I'm convincing so some people out there no, that, no, that the ending epilogue. comes out of nowhere. That part, that part, yeah, that part. I didn't notice how bad that part was mm-hmm. until you mentioned it just now. Um, I don't know. I I still. I still like the book. I don't know. No. About the the ending, just to go back to it really quick. I the dead body seems to be bothering you. Well is it, there's a <laughs> yeah, well I'm it's, Is there something it makes you want to mention, Carson? It makes a point <laughs> that she arrives there and sees this figure with No, a, it's more that like they're embracing and they're happy and that they do they guess next to the dead body that, that seems oh, to be no, like a she, sticking point for you. She sees him. And the first thing she does is plant some lips on him. <laughs> the very first thing. But what kills me is that she's fought her way through police who have called for help to stop her before she yeah, collapses after she seeing is. this. Yeah. So Ambrose just, what, walks up there? No one says anything? Ambrose is just like, hey. hey He's probably like, just, like, just give me a second. I'll get her. He, crazy but it doesn't say anything. <laughs> he just he just appears. It's kind of like. It's a metaphor. <sighs> is it his ghost? Pixie dream boy. It's a metaphor. uh, So I I I guess I I have a point. So a lot of the times you hear deus deus ex machina, which is like this this godly resolve to a situation. Isn't that a video game? It is also, but it was a term before it it was a video game. Mm. Is it a comic? I think so. I'm sure sure it is. Uh, But But it's, it's used, this is like when... Something happens out of nowhere that completely solves every problem. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. I, I kind of felt cheated by this ending where we're like extremely pointed at, oh, Ambrose just got hit by a car. And then we're like, 
very almost clearly told, oh, Ambrose is dead from being hit by this car. <laughs> and then he's just not. He's just there. Did you really and think he it. was dead? Well, I was. I, I, I legit did for like two seconds. I wouldn't oh, be okay. surprised. But also, I mean, at this point in the book, I was just, I was very confused about where it was headed. Because I mean, it was all of this stuff that we've, that I've talked about happens in the span of 15 pages, less than that. Yeah, it is a very rushed ending. It is a very rushed and forced get together. And I'm still mm-hmm. not sure they actually belong together. Um, but whatever, that's, if you ship them, that is totally your thing. Um, but I could <laughs> it, see something tragic making her realize her feelings. Like that doesn't actually bother me that much. Yeah, no, that part's believable. But it's the her way own it self was presented, dying, and then her new self being oh resurrected <laughs> with Ambrose. Wow, I feel like I'm ba- back in like English class 1101, <laughs> oh. where they're like, the curtains are purple. That symbolizes the author's undying depression. <laughs> so my but other in podcast... reality, in reality, the author's like, no, the curtains are just purple. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about Ambrose as a character. Oh, I would God. like to get you guys' opinions on Ambrose. That his, curl, though. This curl. <laughs> that legit. I mean, I'm I'm serious. For anyone who hasn't read this book, or maybe has glossed over how many times his curl is mentioned, it is upwards to thirty to forty times that his curl is mentioned. I actually did want to go through. I wish I had started <laughs> counting at the beginning, because otherwise. I, I did actually think about going through and, and counting them so I could bring it up, but then I was too lazy. I finished the book and I was like, "All right," <laughs> but it is it is le- it is legit thirty to forty times that his curl is mentioned specifically in a sentence by itself. Okay, well, my opinion: being a girl, quiet like Luna, mm-hmm. who probably doesn't have many guys running up to her, uh, like I don't. Um, be like if a guy like Ambrose were uh coming after me like that, I'd kind of be like, Okay, cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, interesting. What's your story? Like, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's a very interesting character and he's different. Um he is unlike any character I've read because he's like he's serious yet not serious at the same time. Um He's really charming. Yes. Yes, charming. That's that would be the word. Yes. Megan, what about you, Megan? Yeah. What about you, Megan? <laughs> Let me hear about Ambrose because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a few questions after this that I want to. Do you ship it? N- no, I don't <laughs> think it's a long term ship. I think it is. I, I mean, I keep calling him a manic pixie dream boy because that is what he is to me. Yeah. But it, hashtag, I agree. hashtag manic pixie <laughs> dream boy. Uh, he is. MP. You're right. Very charming MP. and and kind of perfect for. I don't want to say a rebound because poor Ben was the rebound, but like this is Or was he? No, I honestly think Ben should be long-term, but she totally screwed that over. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I, he had more character growth than Ethan, I will admit. Um, and I preferred him to Luna for the most part, but there's still not enough backstory there to really understand him. I mean, like, why is he so flighty in the beginning? You know, is mm-hmm. it because he's never had a job? Is is this, is that why he kind of gets serious about everything? Um, yeah, he was super annoying at first. Yeah, like he does grow. He's probably the only character that actually has growth. I um, my question is, what is Ambrose's character flaw? Every real character definitely has a not flaw. the curl. <laughs> it's not the curl. 
But what is what is? Please name a flaw. You might say, "Oh, he's very laid back." That's not really a flaw. He, uh, you can be too laid back. He, but <laughs> would you say he is laid back to a fault? You could say that maybe he is a he's little not... bit of a ploy, playboy, but in reality, we never hear anything about him doing anything with these girls besides no. like sleeping at their house and talking it's, to them. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he's necessarily sleeping around. I mean, mm-hmm. and he's also not like the fake kind of charming to get into a girl's pants. Like he yeah, does he's, seem he's genuine. legit. He's yeah. le- like a legitimate charming person who enjoys talking to people. And he enjoys that sort of chase. It talks about this in the book where he's just like, that's the best part of a relationship. It's not settling down, but that sort of chase to get someone to really like you. Right. And I can agree with that. But even then, I don't think that's really a flaw for his character. I mean, honestly, you can make the claim that the flaw is that there's just no depth. I think I think he has no flaw. I think from the beginning... (laughs) He has Most no manic flaw. He has. He doesn't. As a character, <laughs> he has no flaw that is going to cause conflict with anyone but Luna. And the only flaw there is, she and takes things very seriously. Also, his sister and his she, mom. They take things very seriously, and he doesn't take them as seriously. Okay, he's late to his mother's wedding, which is, by the way, never mentioned to be like the fourth or the fifth one. So, for all we know, this is the first guy she's marrying after his dad. Mm-hmm. Who we have no idea what happens to his dad, but. Anyways, he's late to the wedding for a girl. Like, yeah. Well, he is in the parking lot. There. He's yeah. in the parking lot talking to a girl. Yeah. Like, it's got to be, it's got to be like forty feet away from the door because Luna opens the door, hears them giggling behind a van, and he, and tells he goes her over to there. Wait. He, <laughs> he does. He does. Like, he goes, or Luna goes back there because she hears them giggling, and he's just leaning against the van talking to her. He's not being gross and making out with her or doing worse behind a van in a parking lot. He's actually just talking talking? and having a good time with someone, which is what we see him do with all these other girls is just being really nice and charming and enjoying time with them. Yeah. But there's such thing as too much of a flirt though. Yeah, but it says in the... Uh, he, and I think he's that's not the difference really... between a girl mindset and a guy mindset, because he's perfectly fine with this. Carson is perfectly <laughs> fine with all this flirting. Well, Jillian is also no, doing I'm that same thing. Not. Jillian's going out with someone every night. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. No, I'm... not someone different. She has a boyfriend. She has At a the boyfriend. end of the book. Yeah, about half At the through. end of the book, she has a boyfriend. She meets other taco car... No, it's biscuits and gravy food truck guy. Get it right. Biscuits and, and gravy. Biscuits and gravy so with, much, guys. With the with the guy that she met who has two names that you have to say them together, and they're not even like uh, they're not normal names. I wonder if I can find it in here. <laughs> the name of her boyfriend is like. Did it make you miss biscuits and gravy? Strange. God, yes. I I cannot. <laughs> she like, lives in New York now, by the my, way. My oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or we would be doing this all together. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't find a good biscuit up here. I'm not going to lie. Like a good southern biscuit. But you got bagels. <laughs> you got I do. bagels, though. I do. I have some damn good bagels, but... And coffee. But I also spent 27 years in the South. So sometimes I just want a really good biscuit in the morning, and all I've got is McDonald's. Um, <laughs> look, the, the point of Ambrose's character is not necessarily to have a flaw. He is to be this perfect guy that she needs at that moment that doesn't really exist i mean he's what 18 something like that so yeah we've got a guy that in theory is a little too wise beyond his years in the way that he's flirting and being charming like it is true like there are guys like that i didn't know too many of them at 18 
that were that charming and listening and not trying to get into girls' pants. Mm-hmm. Like, it just isn't, it's, it's a little too perfect. And that is the character flaw for me. Is that He's too perfect. No, it, it is. It's, it's too perfect to be real. That's the only problem I have with Ambrose is that he doesn't seem real because his biggest flaw is being really charming and really nice and people really like him. His big flaw is being a, a good person. Like from an evil owner. Yes, okay, but there is no repercussions <laughs> for stealing the doll. Um I I have a question though. Sure. Mm-hmm. So often in comic books you see this character that's like just thrown into the plot for the purpose of just being in the plot? Yes. Do you think that Ambrose is that kind of character. Do you think he's just thrown in there to just be thrown in there? I think Ben is. Okay. Uh, I see, think... I was going to say either William or Jenny for me would be more. Than I that. I really liked William. I thought William was a great character. I liked them I... both, but you could do with one or the other. Not mm-hmm. both were necessary. Yeah, I agree with that. They were flavor, but they weren't critical. Yes, I Ben think came that... too late. I will agree that we could have done without Ben. Like this could have been mm-hmm. done entirely with her not finding. Yeah, she could have. She could have been single and really avoiding Ambrose, and the story would have not changed at all. And then she would have still heard William could have come back home with the cake and be like, "I just someone got hit by a car," and then boom, we don't even need that kind of throwaway scene of, uh, or the casual mention of coming back and breaking up with Ben at the house on her birthday party. It wouldn't have changed the story at all. So I thought Ben was a little disposable and solely in there. I, I can't even tell you the reason why he was in there. Okay. Was she Super with coffee? Was she <laughs> with Ben when Ambrose confesses his feelings, or does he come mm, after? He no. Ambrose confesses his feelings uh, at the party before she left to meet him. Right. So she, Ben was present, but she wasn't dating him. We okay. have heard about Ben. Actually, I think at that same wedding, he wasn't there. I don't think. No, he, he was, wasn't. He was. I can't, he, okay, so it's the friend's wedding. It's Yes, it's a friend's wedding. She helped set up, and she didn't want to, but she was there anyway. Um, Ambrose's girlfriend's best friend, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so they're there at the reception, and uh, Luna's just standing there, and Ambrose comes up, confesses his feelings, and then she's like, nope, peace out, and then leaves, and then uh, that's when she meets up with him. Yeah, I... Ben was not necessarily except for just to have a throwaway that hurts. And I don't know if it's because he played tennis that made Ben hurt even more for me or what. I mean, he honestly didn't seem like a bad boyfriend at all. It just, you no boring guy is going to seem exciting when you have an Ambrose. So it's going to say manic pixie dream boy again, but. Mm-hmm. Ambrose. Uh, you guys say hashtag first. Hashtag, well, he, hashtag. Boy. <laughs> well, he plays he plays that role and he plays it well. I enjoyed reading Ambrose. I even enjoyed him at the beginning because I knew where it was going. He was going to be super annoying and it's going to drive Luna crazy. And then all of a sudden she's going to realize that, hey, I really like having him around and they're going to be really good friends. And then eventually they're going to end up together. But it was going to take something tragic. That was I, I wanted to write down my predictions <laughs> and put it in like a sealed envelope and then open them up on the show. What? Because that's that's what I thought was going to happen. Was so? Did you find the bet to be necessary? I enjoyed the bet. I thought okay. that was one of the things in this book that is unique to this book. It was kind of it was a fun read to see Luna go out there and try to put herself in new situations. We didn't really hear that's too true. much of Ambrose's side of the story. All we heard about Ambrose's side was like 
Yeah, I'm still looking for someone to settle down for seven weeks. Well, yep, he does still find looking, someone. and then he does find someone yeah. while it's the the lumberjack's sister, or no, sorry, the lumberjack's best friend. Yes. So he meets this girl. She just got out of a serious relationship. They say four or five sentences to each other, and then walk off away from Luna, and they seem to be having a good time. And then next thing we hear about, that's who Ambrose has chosen to spend his little seven weeks with. And everything's great, and then everything's less great, and then they're broken up. I have a hard time believing the kid hasn't been with someone for seven weeks. Uh, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of, the bet kind of reminded me of the scene uh, in Annie Get Your Gun. The anything you can do, I can do better. Okay. It kind of reminded me of that, and it, it was pretty fun because of that, I think. Like, you know. Yeah, that was a fun yeah. that was a fun little bit of the plot. I really I enjoyed reading that part. That part of the book was something I was as soon as they mentioned it, I was looking forward to it. Cuz I wanted yeah. to see them in you know, trying to compete. It was cute. <laughs> it was a cute little part of the book. Yeah. I also really love the romantic trope of hating someone and then you know, the opposites attract kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I've been watching Melissa and Joey all weekend while studying and <laughs> not gonna lie I cannot stop watching that show as bad as it is because of the whole hating each other but the chemistry is so strong that you know that they're gonna end up together vibe I watch Young and Hungry I'm not into I love Young and Hungry it's so good <laughs> I'm I don't glad know they're finally talking together. about ABC Emily family Austin. shows yeah sometimes they don't play Harry Potter sometimes they don't <laughs> on the few occasions that they don't what from what I heard, they're actually losing the rights to Harry Potter, and that's why it's been so. Maybe much. it's coming on Netflix, and maybe I can watch it on Netflix forever. HBO, uh, I think, you... owns the last one currently, uh, or has the rights to. So, have you guys heard about the Spotify Hulu connection? No, please tell me what. All right, no, you'll like this. You'll like this. I know. Oh, well, right now it's just for students, but it's about to expand. Okay. So, um, for students, if you have a Spotify account. If you have your student Spotify account, it's $5 a month. You can, for free, get an upgrade where you also have a Hulu account. Oh, that's Those two companies cool. are merging. They're not merging, but they're trying to, they're figuring something out where they're going to work together. So Good for students. For, for $5, you can now have Spotify and Hulu. No extra charge, no nothing. I don't know when it goes away. I don't know when you stop being a student. I do know that they are introducing it on the student level, but it's also going to come out to regular Spotify and Hulu account. That's pretty combination. smart. So, yeah, I, I did that, and I've been watching Community on Hulu, which is a great show if no one's seen it. It is a it's, very good uh, show. <laughs> it's produced by Dan Harmon, who is now doing Rick and Morty. Oh, I didn't know and, he was doing Rick and Morty now. Yeah, Dan okay. Harmon is doing Rick and Morty with Justin Roiland, and they, I love Rick and Morty. Communi- I don't. Community I do. is <laughs> Community is different than Rick and Morty. It's not as, like, weird and crazy. Yeah. It's very It's a very charming show. Yeah, I think you would actually like Community. It's good. If you haven't watched it, it's worth a few episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's on Hulu right yes. now. Right now. Right now. He's also so. got a show, a D&D show that's pretty good. That's pretty amusing. Oh, uh, what's it called? I can't remember. Quests, Dan Harmon it, Quests, something yes, like that. Yes, But, but it just yeah, I, I, sold from CeeLo to someone, whoever my brother my brother and me is with now. He used to do this podcast, this touring podcast. So he went like for a year and did a show every, I think like twice a week. It was called Harmon Town. Okay. Uh, his show's called Harmon Quest. Is that's what it's called. That's what it is. Okay. And uh, it's actually pretty funny how Harmon Quest came around. One day they were talking about Dungeons and Dragons on a show, and then out in the audience, he was like, "Does anyone here have like Dungeons and Dragons stuff?" Oh, and there was a guy out there who did with them. He brought it with them. 
So went on stage, and it was so well-received by the audience that they brought that guy who was just in the audience on tour with them. Oh, is that the and, guy that's now doing the, that's the Dungeon Master? Yeah, he's, he's, he's the, no, he's the guy with the long beard. Oh, Yeah, cool. he's doing the DMing in Harmon Quest. But he's also made appearances in Community. And I think he does a voice in Rick and Morty one, one episode. Like, he's just, like, some guy who's now part of this thing. Yeah. And he's really, really funny. Podcasting he's very strange can looking. take you far if you can get in good. All right. Back to the book. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just think that's interesting. Do we have anything else that we haven't really talked about? Malayne? Mm, no. I mean, I think we all we talked about everything that's the meat of the book like the love yeah. story the non-love story the love story that's trying to be a love story but not not a love story you know we really we really like poked fun at a lot of this parts of the book but i think we should talk about the things that we did like were there any moments of this book that you really <laughs> did like um i liked the look at wedding planning it's a job that i can well not wedding planning event planning is something that i considered doing in college and i did briefly um and I think the portrayal of the mom and William uh, mm-hmm. is very realistic. And I... the amount that they have Luna doing and things like that occasionally doesn't feel too realistic. But it's more realistic than it could have. It, it, it could have gone off the deep end quite a bit or had her save a wedding mm-hmm. or something. And it didn't. So I really liked that aspect of it. I really loved the mom and William, period. I did as well. I yeah. thought the mom and William were two great characters Yes. They were fun. They were serious. They goofed around with each other, but they were also very dedicated to their job and looked out for Luna. They they were awesome. Yes. They were a great part of this book. You know, I, I loved I loved their relationship with each other, like the non platonic uh like working relationship that they had. I am not a huge fan of the gay best friend cliche. Mm-hmm. I think it's just way overused, I feel. I can see mm-hmm. that. Is yeah, this her um, first gay character? I was reading something about that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've yeah, I don't think she's ever incorporated that in her books. Um but yeah, it was definitely different the wedding planning as a whole in a in a book. You don't really see that much, so um you don't really get to see into that world. So I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. I I agree with both the points you guys have made. I thought the wedding planning was used well in this book where it really uh it played into the part of Luna's character very well. It let us kind of see, oh, here's a bunch of reasons why she might be so cynical, and then we find out in addition to what's happened to her in the past. Uh, I, like I said, I liked the, the dating challenge thing. Um, yeah. I thought that was fun. No, there's nothing wrong with having a gay best friend. I just want to clarify that. I'm just like, I just <laughs> the cliche it's of okay. it, you know? It's way, it's like so overused, I feel. I don't know. But Megan, I don't edit feel... out what she just said so everyone thinks that she's just really mean. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't feel that he is as clichéingly flamboyant as he could have been. Um, yeah, the biggest flamboyant thing he does is when he goes to the store to to get food. Right, the cheese and man. He gets, and he gets flirted <laughs> with, and even that was handled well, where he was just like, yeah. we see William, who's always this like very sturdy, serious character who knows what to do, is now suddenly, it's even written in his dialogue, he's got ums and uhs between exactly, his words. Yeah. And it was that was fun to see. And yeah, then he's also... He's randomly hitting on every guy at the wedding or anything like right. that. Like I, I think you're right that a gay best friend is very cliche. Um, shout out to mine, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I still think she handled it very well. Um, yeah, the whole William and the, the guy that gives him the, the sliced cheese. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was, uh, pretty cheesy. There you go. (laughs) 
No, if I've learned one thing doing podcasts with Melina is that don't encourage it. <laughs> I always encourage good dad I go, puns. I go stoic. Puns for days. Stoic face. I don't. I try not to give her any satisfaction. From I her. have puns too many days. dad friends. If I didn't allow dad jokes, then that'd be a problem. <laughs> uh, I like the dating part of the book. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I thought that was that was fun to read. I also. Like you said, I think Jilly was a. Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you know what? We've been saying Jilly, but I'm, I, I'm, pretty, no, I'm really pretty not sure. sure. It I'm is pretty Jilly. sure that's it. it. Okay. Uh, she was a great character, too. She was a character who cares about her family. And I have friends who have very big families. And it's it's like that. You're almost like a parent for your siblings because you got to take care of them. Yeah. I liked how responsible she was with that. She, But she also like really tried to find time to be with Luna and enjoyed time for luna she wasn't bad for luna at all but all of like luna's friends were very good influences on her even when uh jilly is inviting luna out it's because she was like luna this is your last chance to to change to go out there and experience the world and see and meet guys before you go off to college and it's going to be much more difficult everything that was done by luna's friends were like really looking out for luna She's infinitely more patient than I would have ever been with Luna. Not going to mm. lie. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like those characters. And like I said, I thought William was a great character. Uh, it was, it was. I mean, this doesn't change a story at all. But like when Luna's mom meets that guy who's like the CEO of a business. and Oh, writing, I thought that was so cringe, writing, that part. Well, I, I'm getting there. I agree with you. <laughs> Is this it the was, guy she ends up dating? Yeah, okay. Every- she mess on an island that she didn't want to go to. That's right. Everyone, everyone at the end of this book has to have a significant other, except yes. Ben. Poor Ben. Poor okay. Ben got screwed. Take your tennis racket. Every main character in this book <laughs> ends up with someone. There is no one who doesn't start dating someone in that, like, two-month time span. Yes. Everyone finds someone. The CEO of this business flies out to meet Luna and be with, with uh, Luna's mom on the day of Luna's birthday and... You know, he's a perfect match for Luna's mom because he writes a book on being workaholics called Work Holes instead of A-Holes. <laughs> Forgot so that about was, that. I was like, woo, I uh, see what I did. Sarah Desson's sitting over there making finger guns at us. Like, oh, <laughs> see what I did, guys? It was uh, clever. It was, it was real clever on my, my yeah. part. I mean, and then this... William finds, it, finds a guy who seems, I mean, we don't really learn much about him besides cheese and he likes to cook. But William seems happy. So everything is in the last, like in the last two chapters, everything is wrapped up in this tight, neat little bow. Except Ben, Ben's like that. You messed up the wrapping the first time, so you just don't look over to yeah, the other present that you tied up. And then, every, but everything's pretty if you just look over here. Jilly and Luna never fight, do they? They don't do mm-hmm. the uh, best friend big blowout fight where Luna's left alone with no, no one, right? Even even when Jilly tells Ambrose about what happened to Ethan, yeah, they don't get in a fight. Ambrose gets ignored and pushed off to the side and oh, well. cut out of Luna's life. But uh, <laughs> I, th- I think the most part of it is Jilly feels really upset that she was the reason the two didn't end up together. Her and Ambrose. No, it was all Luna's fault. Because if you hide something that severe, it's just never going to be good. Yeah. yeah I, I'm just like, talk <laughs> about it. Like, I mentioned this in a, in a lot of our episodes on Book Club Soda is how important I find the main character to be active. And I didn't feel Luna was very active. No, I thought she was very passive the entire book. Um, Alright, so... Do we have anything else we want to discuss? We discuss what we yeah. like. Go ahead. Definitely don't let this be the last Sarah Dustin book you read, though. 
Yeah, no, it won't be. Um, it'll probably be another year before I read one because <laughs> I'm, I'm done with my lovey-dovey kind of time of year that I read. Uh, Would you guys <laughs> recommend this book to your friends? No. <laughs> no. Well, you already recommended no. it to both of us. No Melinda, hesitation. So. I'm sorry, guys. No, it, there is nothing wrong with liking this book. This book made me angry because it covered up the fact that there was a school shooting, which is a very big trigger for me. And that is my biggest complaint with it. It's like, the, I, I, I agree. I think she's a good writer. I have no problems reading contemporary love stories, but don't. Don't do school shootings. There's, there's just. Yeah, I really don't know why she did that. She like she's literally never, like never, it, it's mentioned like, that in your stories. There's, it's similar to making something like nine eleven like a background. Like, we're just not quite there, in my opinion, to have that be in a story, any kind of that kind of tragedy, and for it to be. Uh, that much in someone's background and not be that serious. So. Yeah. And it also happened, what, a year ago? So, like... Something like that. Yeah, yeah. so, I don't know. I, I am not trying to hate on the writer. Um, I have way too many friends that have come up and said that she got them through their teenage years. Um, so I will give her books another chance. But this really, yeah, that's just... That's not anything against her it's there there's another YA book about school shootings that came out either this year or last fall that the moment I saw it I was like yeah that's great it could be the best book of the year it's not for me so mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's I not the, yeah like I had read another book recently where I almost had to put it down because the dog died in it and I was like nope <laughs> nope you have to give me a head up about these you kind of don't things. mess with dogs dying exactly look and <laughs> Look, someone made me Tim. You know Tim. Oh, Tim. Tim Carson knows Tim. Okay. So. Oh, Tim. Yes, Tim. Tim, um, shout out to Tim wherever you at. Tim gets way too many shout outs. He's not getting another shout out in this episode. He'll get one from me. Don't hey, Tim. You, don't you dare edit me out. <laughs> Tim, oh, don't let them do this to you. Including me, saying don't let that he doesn't edit get you out, Tim. He fi- he listens to podcasts in his car. So whenever <laughs> like people mention him, he gets creeped out. So I'm just gonna like creep him out. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Tim. Turn right, Tim. Turn right. <laughs> uh, um, but no, he <laughs> he's gonna laugh. Um, Stop laughing, Tim. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, It'll be a good test to see if he's actually still listening to the podcast or not. I'll make him listen. Don't worry. Okay. Um, uh, no, I uh, watched uh, John Wick. Yes. Interesting. Okay, yes. where are you going with this? Um, Have you not seen him- John Wick? I have not seen John Wick. Uh, well, within the first five minutes, a puppy dies. That's all you need to know, yes. and don't watch it. Like, I haven't watch watched it. this movie because of that. But I, I appreciate the warning. You don't mess with that. I'm sorry. You don't mess with that. And yes, it may be a character in a movie and not real, and the dog may still be alive. But in my mind, it is not alive. I am very passionate about this. No, like, you don't mess with dogs dying or cats. Oh, well, cats. I don't care about right. cats. All right. Okay. I said it. I said, I'm a dog person. Cats, I don't care for. Boom. That's okay. More cats for me to love. Okay. <laughs> you can take them all. Yeah, I haven't I, watched you know, for that reason too. So you're yeah, good. Yeah, don't watch it, please. I, I would recommend this book to a very particular audience. The the people who are 
into this kind of story, which is, you know, the, the Nicholas Sparks, the other famous romance novelists. I'm sure there's plenty more out there, but everyone knows Nicholas Insert Sparks. Insert romantic artist. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you're a big Nicholas Sparks and John Green, where there's going to be someone who, I don't know if John Green killed someone in all of his books, but from what he I've does. seen, they are all very sad. <laughs> So they are. Yeah. Well, they're are already dead on the inside, so not there much changes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, John Green is definitely really sad because, uh, like, lo- looking for Alaska, there's a quote that says, uh, "Escaping the labyrinth of suffering." <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <Damn. laughs> I got that was dark. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would I would recommend this kind of book. I guess I could, I could say the John Green crowd as well. I think. Yeah. Those are the target. Those those readers are the target audience. Uh, Melina, you're in that as well. I think you're the. I could see my okay. my twenty year old sisters really eating this book up. Yeah. See, I thank can, you. I can. Thank you. I agree. This is very much a. And you know what? I probably would have too at twenty. But. See. Yeah. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying there's a there's a market out there for this reader, so yeah. or yeah. for this book, and I think they will really enjoy it. I'm just begrudgingly saying that I'm very cynical. So <laughs> do do we do we rate books on this show? We do not. Uh, what, okay, the only thing that um, no, because for the most part, I haven't had anybody dislike a book um, mm-hmm. uh, besides me. So <laughs> I think there's I think there's always redeeming qualities in books. This one yes. has redeeming qualities, and it has qualities that I wish were a little different. I will say but I read this overall, about th- nine books ago, and it still stuck out that much. So that's a sign that it's actually pretty decent. There you go. Uh, we do have a book club drink, which I gave you a little bit of heads up. Not much. Oh, Sorry. Because yes. uh, it's still a little bit new. Um, but basically, this started probably six episodes ago, um, where it's just a drink that you would either drink while reading the book or a drink that this book reminds you of. Or um, you guys have never been in book clubs with 40-year-old women. Like, <laughs> there's always a theme. So... All right. Um, All right. So are we each given a, a drink that we think would fit with this. Well, yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, either that or if you just want to come up with one together, I'm not picky. Uh, this seems like a a red wine kind of book, in my opinion. I'm surprised you did like, not go for the obvious there. Champagne. Oh, what is what is the mimosas? Obvious? Champagne. Anything with. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say actually. Mimosa. Yeah. For some reason, because when you think of summer, like I don't know. Orange juice and champagne. Well, have you guys ever been in a wedding? Mm, uh, oh, yes, sense. but I never. Just, I just got why you said champagne yes. now. <laughs> weddings. <laughs> no, my uh, my I was in my sister's wedding when I was twenty three or twenty four, and that entire weekend was mimosas and whatever cranberry and champagne is. Cranberry juice and champagne is. I'm sure it has a name. So that's Cran-pain? what this book. There you go. You're a champagne. <laughs> That does sound like a <laughs> grotchio man, not a not a dream. And your face, Melinda. Uh, so red wine or a mimosa. I think. What about you? What do you think? I went the same route with the mimosa. It's something okay. that's very light and uh, red wine, very end of the night kind of drink for me. A mimosa you can drink in the morning and still go out and. I did read this book almost exclusively at night oh. before I went to bed, so maybe that has. That is a perfect red wine time, so I can get on board with that. <laughs> I did not have any dreams of Ambrose's curl. That's good, and I'm kind of regretting that because I just need to visualize. Did they ever? Is see it just like color? one curl? 
just like it's like a Clark Kent curl, or is it like one giant? Does he curl that part of his hair and it just drapes down? I don't know. I, I, I cut. You know, they don't describe him much out of blonde, tall, lean, and having a curl. You know who I think of when I think of Ambrose? Who? Heath Ledger. Uh, yeah, I could kind of see that. I could see like a a, a skinnier yeah, version a skinny, of Heath Ledger. Yeah, good looking. You know, I thought yeah, of I don't know. Uh, the it, his name escapes me. He's the kid that was the love interest in the Hannah Montana movie, and then went on to play. Something in X Men, Lucas Tilt. That's what it is. Um, who went on to be an X Men? I have no idea what he's doing these days, but yeah, I could see him being being Ambrose as well. Here, I'll show you for picture. sure. Who do you guys picture playing Luna? Uh, That's yeah, he's definitely good looking enough. <laughs> um. Uh, um. Luna. Well, now that I'm thinking Hannah Montana, I'm thinking Emily. Osmond. I know Miley Cyrus. Yeah. No, Emily Osmond. <laughs> Emily Osmond. I kind of could. I could. I could see Emily Osmond as well. I don't see her as a blonde. Emily Osmond? No, no. <laughs> oh, you don't see Luna as a blonde. I don't no, remember. Yeah, what I don't color. know. Was it her? I don't think it matters what color her hair is because she's. I don't even know if it's so ever even ginger. described. I feel like I she was redheaded described. in the book because I remember. No. I think I rolled my eyes about another redheaded, like yeah, off feeling. Yeah, those those Look, dang I ginger. just got rid Did of my. Did you say red. not feeling? <laughs> those not, those redhead not feeling monsters. No, it is a those. very YA trope that it is a redheaded girl that feels a little out of place, but is really like fine. You feel she like has a, no soul. <laughs> not ginger, redhead. <laughs> is there a difference? There is a difference. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. Really? Yes. You know that. You don't watch South Park, though. So. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I had a British person tell me this. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's it's a whole different world over in yes. uh, oh, the UK. Redhead. Oh, I, I thought you must say Redhead Red Land. Land. <laughs> Redhead Land. That would be Ireland. You, yeah. Ireland. Um, um, yeah, I'll have to look that up. I don't know. I just got rid of my red hair. I feel like I can say all of this because of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so... Is there anything else we need to say about this book? Uh, no, not unless you guys have any last things to say um, before we start talking about next week and what you guys are going to read next. No, I mean, um, for the audience listening, I mean, keep reading Sarah Dessen. I promise she's good. Yeah, I think we cover everything pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so before we talk about next episode, what books are you guys reading that are not for this podcast specifically? I I'm reading... Uh, I read comic books because I'm a nerd, so I'm reading <laughs> Batman. So are you just um, going straight through Batman, like from a linear point of view, or are you just reading, picking and choosing? No, just going straight through from issue one to issue twenty-eight that it's on right now, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Nice. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing with Harley Quinn and the Flash, so that's what I'm currently reading. So is this the Rebirth stuff, or? Uh, yes. Okay. Rebirth. Mm-hmm. What about you, Carson? I paused reading a fantasy trilogy uh, for, for to do this book. Okay, which fantasy um, trilogy? I'm the uh, <laughs> let's see, this book. Uh, see, it's actually been a little while because I've been focused on this one. The first book is called A City Stained Red. It's a okay. fantasy trilogy by Sam Sykes. I picked it up on a drive back from Louisiana because I wanted something hefty to start reading. I just finished another really big fantasy book. Okay. And this one is 
the one I'm reading now is like 1,500 pages. Oh, so. Jesus, no, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like going through tomes, you know? Uh, I think you get more bang for your buck as opposed to 300-page books, which are good. I'm not <laughs> not naysaying against the, the standard novel, but every now and then I want something more, like, meaty. I want a longer journey. So this one is actually uh, a little bit more out of my, out of my elements. Uh, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, this whole thing. Okay. It's It plays out like an action movie, you know, there's all these witty one-liners, and it started out the first, I'd say like the first hundred pages, I was every now and then I'd roll my eyes, oh, that was stupid. But now it's like really grown on me. All the characters are like an exaggerated character trait, but they all, the, the writing's really well done. It's exciting. It's a unique world. Uh, so it's it's good. So I'm in the middle of that. And then after this, I think I'm going to hit up a biography of Marilyn Manson. Interesting choice. Yeah, so one of my friends just I like I'm a I'm a musician and I like reading about musicians and she just read the uh biographies of Scar Tissue, which is Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Which I've read that one in the past and it's very good. But also Marilyn Manson is a mm, he's an interesting case. So, I'll give him a shot cuz he's probably going to say the least. I was about yeah. to say. <laughs> There's well, the, you the, put that the wild so lightly, thing about him. it took me way too long to be like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, the uh, the interesting about him is if you ever see he was blamed. His music was blamed for the Columbine shooting. Yes, he uh, he got lots of flat because rock and roll was bad for kids, and so he was actually brought on to interview with Bill O'Reilly, and he was very well spoken, made great points, never interrupted the other guy. You know, he's he's Bill a very, O'Reilly, <laughs> which <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. You know, he's a he's he's interesting, but. Uh, yeah, he's Again, he, Marilyn Manson <laughs> plays a character, and it's just a very extreme character. Yeah, and he looks wild, but uh, I bet he's got an interesting story. So I'm hitting that up next as like a, a palate cleanser <laughs> after this giant tome of a book. Yeah, I can't do tomes. Good luck with that, or I can't do that <laughs> yeah. much of a tome. Uh, the, I think the longest book I read is Breaking Dawn. Which was, is I like, mean, that's a pretty big book. All the twelve. I'm trying to remember if that or. Over Harry Potter number pages? five is longer. Oh my goodness! See, when it got to the third Harry Potter, when uh, J.K. Rowling lost her editor and she <laughs> edited her books herself, that's when I stopped reading because I was like, "Oh Girl, no, this is way too long." <laughs> no, Girl, no, sorry. If, if you are looking no. for, if you are looking for big books to read, there are there's uh, East of Eden by John Steinbeck is probably one of the greatest books ever written in my opinion. Uh, it's about 600 pages. It's not huge. It's in that sort of range. Or you could but stick for with act- uh, Sarah J. Moss if you want to stick with the YA route. Oh, yeah. I would say that <laughs> Steinbeck is not YA. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, but that book is phenomenal. And then also Stephen King's Under the Dome is another tome that's like 1,200 pages, but it is also that's crazy Stephen good. King. That's the book that got so many people I know to buy an e-reader. So. Yeah, yeah, that and the stand, which are two huge yes. Stephen King books. You, you, it's kind of a workout to carry around a, a twelve hundred page book. But yeah, so that's <laughs> that's what I'm reading right now. Um, I don't even know if I would recommend that fantasy book. It's, that one's also sort of like a palate cleanser for me. I just went through a Stephen King book and another giant fantasy series that was really good. Which so Stephen King I'm, book? Did you read uh, it? Revival. Oh, okay. This one's called Revival. I found it in the discount section of the bookstore for Very like nice. four bucks. And you know what? It was well worth the money. It was uh, not his greatest story, but it was an uh, engaging story. Is this the one that was originally written under his pseudonym? Not Revival. Okay. I don't He's know. He's about to put out a book with him and one of his sons, though. Interesting. He has, an- 
He has another son that's putting out books now who goes by Joe Hill. <laughs> and he's done a few very popular books trying to get away from his like his dad's shadow. Um, yeah, so he did one called Horns that was turned into a movie with Harry Potter. What's his name? How dare you? <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. So that was turned into a movie with him. I mean, he's got some good ideas, but I've read a few of his books. He, but he's very similar to Stephen King, obviously. So if you don't like Stephen King, you're not going to like Joe. I just don't like scary. See, I have no problems with scary. It's just that I don't need scary to be a thousand pages. You're so. right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> Call him out. No, I like. I've read, I, I this is. I'm. I have read Stephen King. Uh, we read Enter Night a couple episodes ago, um, which is still, I think, my favorite book I've ever read for this podcast. Which was a book written maybe in the last 10 years, but like it's a good reflection of 70 horror movies and books, um, Mm -hmm. especially the vampire genre. Like, and that book was less than 400 pages. I have no idea how long it actually was, but I was like, see this, if Stephen King took all of his books and then became this, I'd be fine. So, (laughs) but no, I, I I like Stephen King short stories. That's typically where I sit. Um, Are are you, uh, what are you reading right now? Because you recently did the 24-hour... Oh, yeah. I do bookathons randomly. Um, I've read... That's really cool. What is that? Uh, it was 24 and 48 was the one I did recently, which was you read for 24 hours and 48 hours. Um, so between this podcast and the other one I do, um, it is a lot of books. So I read one for this every two weeks, and I read two every six weeks for my other one. Um, so... It occasionally gets very, I get very anxious and I'm not reading for fun. Uh, And then it's Mm -hmm. becoming more work. So I did this to kind of, A, clean out some of the graphic novels that I've been building up and B, uh, to remind myself why I like to read. Uh, It was, I did it. I read for 24 hours and 48 hours. I read three comic books and two and a half books. That sounds about right. Which comics? I read... The latest two saga, um, something else that Tim recommended that I can't remember. Uh, apparently, a I, yellow shout out to Tim. Yeah, well, yeah. About apparently, I wouldn't like saga. Oh really? I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, like this- well, okay. So saga is wonderful. Saga is actually what got me into graphic novels. It is well, cause- a space opera. A oh, space cool. opera. Yeah. Weird. It's like, that's like the most basic definition. It's two groups of people fighting against each other. And it's a love story of two people that from one from each group that ended up having a baby and are basically on the run for now seven, what are they called? Volumes. So, Mm, okay. And it's all told from the daughter's point of view. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's totally, I I honestly don't know enough about your reading habits to tell you you wouldn't like it, but it's what got me. I'd probably enjoy it. I don't know. Tim thinks I don't like anything, so. Shout out to Tim. <laughs> um, yeah, see, I don't read a lot of superhero stuff. Um, like, I do. I <laughs> The only superhero I keep up with is Spider-Gwen, and even that is so loose. So, um, But I am reading, my favorite thing is Monsters by uh, Emil Ferris, which is a tomb graphic novel that came out this mm-hmm. year, um, which is uh, about the 1960s. It's about a girl in the 1960s, and it looks... Like, the entire thing was done in, like, a notebook. Oh, sweet. Um, so that is probably what I'll end up finishing this week. Um, and I'm looking at my stack. I have no idea what I'm going to read next. Um, 
I'm kind of on a horror binge, so I don't know what that is going to entail. I just read uh, The Diviners, so I did pick up the second one of those. I can't remember what it's called, but that's by Libba, um, Libba Bray, I think is her name. Um, she also wrote Beauty Queens, which is like a female version of Lord of the Flies. Um, oh. Diviners is a 1920s horror book uh, based mm. in New York, so... 1920s New York is kind of like where I belong. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I like that time period. Yes, it is. It's very true. There's a lot of slang in it and stuff. And it's, uh, I've been told it's actually a really great read as an audiobook. Um, I actually read that one. Um, but yeah, and I'm trying to think there's a biography coming out. Anna Ferris's biography and Tom Hanks has short stories coming out. So Tom Hanks is awesome. He's got... Yeah, he I do, love. He can do anything. I love Tom Hanks. Yes, his, so much. They Tanks. he hosted uh, "Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me," and like that episode's so great. They just re- released it again. They were like, "We know you love this episode. We're going to put it out again for you." <laughs> so, well, he's so cute because like he doesn't he doesn't ever tweet, but like when he <laughs> finds a stray well, he finds a stray sock on the side of the road, he'll be like, he'll say like something about that sock. What he thinks the story is, and then he'll sign it Hanks. Yes, everything like, signed Hanks. <laughs> it's so cute oh my goodness Tom I'm like, Hanks is too pure for this you, world you need to be protected yes. he's a summer child yes so that and Anna Ferris, which I'm fascinated because the forward for Anna Ferris's book was written by Chris Pratt so I'm curious Awkward. to see if they're they just <laughs> yes that's so sad um, they were my hope they gave me hope yeah I'm done having hope because I feel like anybody I have hope for, for they real. end up breaking too out too real hope is the only thing stronger than fear what book is that from that is from something Hunger Games. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, Kristen Bell, Doc Shepard, please don't break up. Oh my gosh! I just I just finished watching the first season of The Good Place, starring so Kristen Bell. So good. Very highly recommended. Yes, if, yeah. it's on uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, if you have not watched that, Melina, that is it's what ten yeah, episodes. You, you would really like it. I will I will watch it. I love Kristen Bell. It is yeah, a it's, quick it's like, binge. It's yeah, I binged it all and specifically I, Frozen. I watched like three or four episodes in one day, and then I watched the rest of the whole season the next yeah. day. Hmm. It's highly uh, recommend. Ted I don't, Danson. and I don't binge watch a lot of shows, so that one it's like a, it's a unique thing for me to do that. Last one I did it with, besides the Good Place, was a series of unfortunate events with MPH. Yeah, I haven't oh, watched on Netflix. That yet. I ever yeah. no, yeah, I I tried the first like three episodes, and I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, I haven't tried that series. I saw the movie and i know it's nothing like the movie so but. yeah it's 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 a weird because i recently uh just wa- just reread the first book um uh to like i think it was to kind of get pumped up for the netflix series um and then i watched the first few episodes of the netflix series and i was like you're not jim carrey get out of here i'm sorry <laughs> i'm about to devalue all of my literary opinion that i've shared this episode oh no i never finished a series of unfortunate events oh i never read it so yeah. it was I'm uh, among my kind. It came <laughs> Thank out. Goodness. Well, so I have a sister that's three years younger than me, three and a half years younger than me. Anyways, anything she loved, I didn't try. So she loved that series. I haven't read that it. That seems healthy. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we should all also be reading uh, the next book for yes, this series. The next book we're reading, uh, we'll be back in two weeks, is Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card, which it's probably been 10 years since I've read the last for mm-hmm. this. So was it, was it a nice little throwback? Uh, I haven't started it yet. I'll start it this week at some point. Um, it's it's a pretty fast yeah, read. No, this oh, yeah, one was, I mean, yeah. I've not read at the beginning, though. 
This was this one is my recommendation. Yes. Melina's already bad bad talk in my book. Oh no! Because she's given she's read like thirty pages and she's like, no one's fallen in love yet. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. I'm just um, kidding, Melina. Sorry. She, yeah, it's just so slow at the beginning. It uh, is. You're thirty pages in. What do you think's gonna happen in thirty pages? <laughs> but anyways, I will be anyways, curious so, to Andrew's, see a 2017 like actual read of this because yeah, I. I, this is book I actually reread once a year. Really? This was the first, like, we talked about how the Twilight series was kind of how you got into reading, right, Melina? It was. So my brother, who is four years older than me, okay. who him and I don't, we don't connect a lot, uh, just never have. But when he was maybe 12, I think, he read Ender's Game. And so I was eight years old, and he, he suggested it to me. And I read it, and I loved it. And I was a reader when I was little, but, like... That's Not book. until I hit this book. So did you read the entire and, series or have you just read this one? Now, so interesting thing about this, and I'm not saying you guys have to read every book that branches off. It actually goes into two series. Yep. So Ender's Game, I've series. read I've read every every book in the two branching series. Okay. And uh, Ender's Game is a starting point. There's another book called Ender's Shadow, mm-hmm. which is told from the perspective of another very important character in that series. And then that's kind of how it goes off. One follows Ender through the after the events, yeah. and one follows the other character Bean through another very different set of events. So, uh, spoiler: I actually prefer different. Ender's Shadow to Ender's Game. Yeah, it's 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 very good, and yeah. I think uh, I think Ender's Game is like the the vanilla. Like that's I think it's a good experience to it, but both books add to the experience. So if you read Ender's Shadow after Ender's Game, if you like it, then you will understand more of the dynamic that was going on in Ender's Game. Because you see things that take effect in Ender's game from the perspective of the other character in this other book. So, yeah, I will that's be all curious optional, though. to see it as because I also the first time I read it was, yeah, I was somewhere around the age of 12. Mm-hmm. So, it is, I will be curious will, to see how an adult take on this will be. Yeah, <laughs> it if you haven't heard of the book before, it is sci fi. Um, I do think it is more of a boy's book, I will admit. <laughs> So I hope you guys enjoy that. I guess it's, she uh, did make you read what would be considered a girly book. So yes. So uh, was yeah. That, that what did I just read? What did I, Sarah, Once and for all, Sarah Dessen. <laughs> she's pretty neutral, right? Right. <laughs> but girly. But Ender's Ender's Game was. Uh, that is also the the book I suggest to a lot of friends if they're like if they come to me with asking. I mean, clearly if, if that's I, what you suggest. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you read it or just? <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's right. That's I right, Milena, say, back I am off. surprised to hear someone hasn't read it, especially when the movie came out a few years ago. So don't watch that. I first. still haven't seen the movie. Yeah, yet. don't. Uh, yeah, no, watch, yeah. Read, read the book. No, the book. I am. I Carson knows this. I am always a contender mm-hmm. for reading the book first. The book is always better. The the always the, always, nope. always always nope. always. The movie will spoil agree. the ending for you, and it'll take away from the experience. Now that being said, if you have seen the movie, don't let that deter you from yes. the book. The book is a whole different thing, but you do not get the cool twist ending that is found in the book. Don't spoil it. I'm not. Dang. Okay. I mean, the, the book sets it up for a series. The movie did not. Right, so. right. Okay. So I, I do think, Melina, I do think you'll like it. I think you like the sort of... I just got to get there. <laughs> you got to give it more than 30 pages. So I know. So do you guys want to plug your podcasts or both of your podcasts? Yeah, so um, if you want to hear more of my voice, which I'm sure you do, um, <laughs> <laughs> go to kslifestyle.com. 
Um, I do the Owl Cave, which is a podcast about comic books. Um, and then I also do Book Club Soda, which is a, a podcast about books. And soda. And soda. Not really. <laughs> not really. Mostly just books. <laughs> we have not addressed soda yet. Not yet. Maybe we'll get there. I don't know. <laughs> but we have a lot of fun. There's a... Uh, it's very similar to this, so maybe if you're looking for some uh, some extra little content, there there's go. some episodes back at kclifestyle.com. Yes. Um, well, if you enjoy my voice, you can find my weekly podcast <laughs> at uh, Fable Eulis Retellings, uh, which is where we go through the original fairy tales and five of their modern adaptations. Uh, we are currently That's so cool. uh, doing season two, which is A Thousand and One Nights. Um, go check that out. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere else you find podcasts, or check out the website at judgingbookcovers.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at JBC Podcast, Instagram at Judging Book Covers Podcast. Um, or if you're completely against social media, you can email us at judgingcoverspodcast at gmail.com. See you again in two weeks. Bye. 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 Good afternoon, Max Funsters. Hope you had a fabulous day here at Max Fun High, home of the Fighting Beats by Dre. Just a few announcements before we dismiss for the day. First off, thank you to everyone who came to Mr. Kalen's going away party at the Flop House. We were sad to see him transfer to Max Fun Prep in Los Angeles, but we wish him all the best. Next, the Rose Buddies, who I can only assume are a gardening club, are watching classic reality television at Hinterlands, the Senior Lounge, every Monday at 8 p.m. I don't know what this has to do with gardening, but they seem like a good bunch, so join them. And finally, remember that the Super Senior Prom is coming up on Saturday, September 23rd at the Footlight in Queens, New York, and it's not too late to buy your tickets. Only $20 each. The proceeds go to charity. The theme is, time ain't nothing but a number. All right. And you are encouraged to wear fancy attire from any time period. For more information, go to bit.ly slash mfprom that's bit.ly slash mfprom and join us for dancing drinking and raffle prizes go beats this announcement was brought to you by the max fun prom committee an arm of the unofficial nyc max fun fan group this prom is a real thing please come